tonight, we're looking at the authority that God has given to mankind, to humanity. And I'm telling you, there's never been a time, because everything progresses in God, but there's never been a time in the history of the world to know your authority in Christ and believe in it and live in it and operate in it every day, every single day, because the more you understand about having authority in the earth, the more opportunity is going to come your way to trip you up. Well, why would I go seeking that? Because you're going to get tripped up anyway in life. You might as well have the answer to not being tripped. Or when you're tripped, you don't fall. Or if you fall, you don't stay down. Amen? No matter, I mean, there's just stuff happens in life. There's stuff out there. If stuff's going to happen anyway, let's have the answers. Let's really get good at having the answers to be able to overcome in every area of our life. Can you say amen to that? So, just in the next few minutes, I just want to look at a few things that we talked about in the last couple of weeks, just reminding us about our authority, but, and then a couple things I want, to, I want to really drive home for you to really meditate and think on. <clears throat> Luke 9 and 1 Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. I said this last week, demon spirits and what is wrong with people go hand in hand. You and I have the right to take authority over anything that is not right. Amen? Led by the Spirit. I was standing there in worship. I thought about that quote, I thought about her, saw myself laying hands on her, I did that. When you do something like that, it's not the laying on of hands that heals somebody, they've already been healed, right? All we're doing is do what God said, and as, we, as there's a point of contact and a declaration of the Word, we have what we say, because God sent His Word already and already healed before any kind of situation happened in her life or in any of our lives. He's already done it. We're here to receive it. That's the authority that you and I have. Luke 10 and 19, behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions, And over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nothing. Can you say amen? Amen. Nothing can by any means hurt us or harm us when we are living and operating in the authority that God has given us. Did He say He's given it to us? That was His whole plan. Before the foundation of the world, Father, Son, and Word had a board meeting, they came together, and they already decided what our outcome would be. When mankind gave up the authority that God had given him, God didn't take it back, he gave it away. He and she gave it away. But that didn't change the heart of God. God already had it set up, how it was going to work. God could have said, you know what, if they don't appreciate what we've given them, then we just wipe them all out. Could God have done that? 
God's God. He could done whatever they decided they're going to do. Then he put it into words, and he said, this is the way it's going to be. No, he already, the Bible says, before the foundation of the world, he had set up our redemption. But in that redemption is the authority that we have to act like him in the earth, to do what he would do in the earth, to see the same results that came as a result of his life in the earth through us. Not just out of the clouds, it has to be through somebody. That's why he came to the earth. That's why the living word left the riches of heaven to come to the poverty of this place and be like one of you and I. So he could be the perfect example for us to follow after, and that's what he left us saying. You've got to do what I do. The works that I do, you'll do. You've got to do it like me. You won't work if you don't do it like I do it. So we have to do it that way. In July, when we talk again about the Holy Spirit, we've talked about it many, many, many times through the years, but when we talk about it again, we're, just, we're going to drive home and emphasize The Holy Spirit's purpose of revealing the truth to us reveals to us the authority that we have in Christ to be able to overcome every situation. Now, with saying that and reading a verse like that, anybody ever felt hurt? Well, see, that that scripture is not right because I've been hurt. No. Remember what I just read? The Word of God is true whether we believe it or not. So before I ever have been hurt in my life, that Scripture already was. So when I am hurt, I can declare that, not receive the hurt that I feel. You can't deny it, but you don't have to receive it. I'll say it again. You don't deny the hurt, but you don't receive the hurt. When you know He's given you authority to do anything he tells you to do. And if you do what he says, it'll work the same way it did with Jesus. First Peter 5. Man, I love this, these two verses. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He's looking for somebody that believes he still has the power and authority. I'll say it again. The devil is seeking somebody who doesn't believe they have the authority. Seeking somebody that still believes he has the authority. Meaning, Seeking somebody that's afraid of him and what we're not sure he can do, but we're afraid of him. You just never know what the devil's going to do. He's seeking, looking for people like that. What did he say? But resist him steadfast in the faith. In the faith of what? Steadfast in the faith that Jesus really accomplished what he said he accomplished that gave us the authority. Be firm and strong in that when? Every day. The more you pursue 
the life that we're talking about, that we talk about around here all the time, the more you pursue that and make it a part of you like we're talking about on Sundays, the more you make the kingdom of God real to you, God's way of doing and operating, the more that stuff will come at you from different directions. So I'll just tell you this. You and I have to become accustomed to attacks and not afraid of attacks. Being attacked with thoughts and ideas and, and, and you know, being attacked with what other people say about you, being attacked with something that comes against your physical body. We cannot be afraid of attacks. Because in the quote I just said to you, human unbelief, human doubt and unbelief will not change the character of God. It will not change the Word of God. The Word of God is true whether we believe it or not. So we have to change and be re- our minds renewed and be set free of unbelief so we can be receivers of everything He has so that when stuff comes, doesn't move me. Stay the same all the time, no matter what. No matter what. Not this and them and them and them and them. You know, like the rattler. Shake, rattle, and roll. Up and down with every wind of doctrine, with every situation, with everything that happens, up and down and up and... No. God wants you to be just like this. But stuff is coming. There's stuff out there that's going to come. There's stuff that will attack you. I mean, is that... See, see, is that that a bad confession to say that things are going to come? No, the Bible says things will come. I mean, has anybody in the last seven days, not been attacked in some form or another. Mind, thoughts, attitude, people saying something, getting a report, getting this. I don't care what it is. There's just stuff. We have to be people that are not moved by anything that comes. Resist Him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are being experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Same stuff. Everybody goes through the same stuff. But when you're built up in faith, when you know who you are, you know the kingdom that you're a part of, you know the authority that you have, nothing can stop you. Resist him firm in your faith. You know what the Bible says? Submit to God, resist the devil, and he runs in terror. Done. Whom he may devour, the devouring doesn't have to happen if we know we have the right to the power. When I know that I have the right to the power, the authority that he's given me, then I can't be devoured. I mean, just stop and think about it for a minute. When you think of how the devourer devours, 
I don't have to be devoured. And yet I'm in control of not being devoured by submitting to God's way of thinking, doing, and operating. When I submit to that, I can't be devoured if I will submit to it and do what He says. Same way it worked for Jesus. They couldn't touch Him. They couldn't do anything to Him until He knew it was His time. Then He gave it up because that was the will of the Father. It pleased God that He was crushed. Why? For our iniquities, our sins, our sicknesses, everything that we would ever go through in life, He was crushed so that we could be liberated and free. It was the will of the Father for that to happen or it would have never happened because Jesus wouldn't allow it to happen. Man, there were times they were ready to throw him over the side of the cliff. He just walked right through him. Eh, not going to happen. I've been given authority. This is, what he, this is what he had to be saying. I've been given authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy and nothing will hurt me or harm me. Nothing. You say, yeah, but what he went through with the cross and the beating and the scourging, and that 12 to 15 hours and what he went through and the time they started beating him till they hung him on the cross, and he went on and said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. He gave it up. Three days later, he's alive and well, not hurting a thing and liberating all of mankind so that you and I could be set free. Is that a good thing? I'm telling you, there's times when you feel like you're going through some tough stuff, you know, oh God, why, why are you putting this on me? God doesn't put anything on you, but he will allow you to walk through things, and I'm going to show you this, I'm actually going to end this message in this next little passage. I was going to read some more, but um, my Instagram word took too long. <clears throat> But, but, but I'm going to end it with, with this passage here. It's going to take me a minute, but I want you to follow me in this. Luke 4 and verse 1. <clears throat> then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, this is, right after, this is right at the beginning of his earthly ministry, right after he was baptized by John <clears throat> in, in, in the River Jordan. Father's saying, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Led by the Spirit into the wilderness. How, how would you define wilderness? Just think about it for a minute. How would you define wilderness. If, 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 you, if you're envisioning wilderness, are you in your bathing suit on the beach in Hawaii laying there sipping some lemonade or whatever you're doing and enjoying and taking the sun in? Does that sound like wilderness times? That's not my definition of wilderness. My definition of a good time. <laughs> <laughs> but not, not wilderness, right? <clears throat> not my definition of wilderness. Wilderness is like jungle times and snakes and stuff and things around and, you know, <clears throat> concerned and, you know, tired and trying to find your way. 
Forty days he was out there, it says. Spirit of God led him there, being tempted for 40 days by the devil, led him into temptation. The Spirit of God led him into that. See, it was there, the devil had a plan. It wasn't the plan of God to tempt him. The devil was there to tempt him, and and the Lord knew it, but the Lord knew what was in him. The Lord knew what was in him. He could handle the temptation. I want to read this verse to you. It's a long verse in the Amplified, but it's really good. No temptation, no trial regarded as enticing to sin, no matter how it comes or where it leads, has overtaken you and laid hold on you that is not common to man. That is, no temptation or trial has come to you that is beyond human resistance and that is not adjusted and adapted and belonging to human experience. Nothing you face is new. Somebody's already gone through it. If, if, if nobody on the planet in the last 2,000 plus years has gone through it, he went through it. He took it on himself. Belonging to human experience and such as man can bear. But God is faithful. Everybody say it. Say it. Come on, say it again. No matter what you face, God is already faithful. He said, but God is faithful, watch this, to His Word and to His compassionate nature. And He can be trusted not to let you be tempted and tried and assayed beyond your ability and strength of resistance and power to endure. But with the temptation, He will always, how often? That's an absolute. That means every single time, He will always, always also provide the way out, the means of escape to a landing place that you may be capable and strong and powerful to bear up under it patiently. That's one verse of Scripture in the Amplified. He's faithful to make sure. Now listen to me. Listen to me. When you go through difficult things, when you go through difficult things, it's because God knew you had it in you to handle it. Some people say, well, you know, in, in, in comparison to what one testimony be, may be from one person to the next person, well, you know, I never have stuff like that. If you're not developing faith in God and developing an understanding of God's kingdom and how He operates and thinks... You're not going to be messed with. There's only a certain number of demons. And they're spending their time trying to, to discourage people that are believing the Word. They work overtime to try to discourage you. The moment you begin to declare the Word of God and put it out there, there becomes a bullseye on your life. Wow, Pastor, I don't know if we want to do this or not. But did you just read that verse of Scripture? That's 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13 in the Amplified. Write that down. Go meditate on it. 
put it up somewhere, make it a part of your daily confession. Never let that away from you. Reminding you that no matter what you go through, He already has provided the way of escape. But with the temptations, listen to me, when you go through something and you're tempted, you're tested, or you're tried, it's not the temptation that teaches you. It's you allowing the Word of God to show you who God is in the middle of that, in the midst of it, that raises you up. If temptation taught us, well, all kinds of people would be, you know, spiritual giants. It doesn't work that way. The temptation is not the teacher. The temptation is the conduit where, because we're in this world. When, when you get to heaven, you think God's going to be tempting you with all kinds of things? No. He's not the tempter. That's why the Bible says He's not the tempter. Never say, James 1, go read it. James chapter 1, somewhere in there, first few verses, or the first 15 verses, somewhere in there. God, never say that you've been tempted by God because God cannot tempt with evil. There's no evil in Him. He can't do that. But the temptations are out there. The enemy's working overtime to get you to be moved by temptations thinking He's got the authority and the power. He's got nothing. He's a liar. He's a cheat. He's a bully. He's got nothing. We've got it all. So with every temptation, there's already the way of escape, the landing place, the safety. Trusting God in His Word, trusting who you are in Him. Christ in you is the hope of the planet, the world. Christ revealed on the inside of you. Trusting in that will always see you through to the other side. And that's why, going back to my, my passage here in Luke 4, he said, <clears throat> he had been tempted for 40 days by the devil. 40 days. One passage that gives this account says that he didn't eat for 40 days. Some people say he was out there fasting. <laughs> no. I don't necessarily think, well, maybe he was. I'm not going to say he wasn't. And, and some actually, some um, translations say, call it a fast. I'm not so sure that it was a fast as much as it was him being tempted and dealing and, and not realizing that he hadn't eaten for 40 days because of the battle that he was in. I'm telling you, at the end of the 40 days, he was wore out. Do you think he was hungry? And then, at the end of it, the enemy says this. Well, actually, right here it says. And in those days he ate nothing, and afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, If you're the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. Jesus answered him and said, man, could you make me a dozen loaves? Man shall not live by bread alone. I mean, can you imagine how hungry in 40 days and the temptations and the trials and the testing that was going on, can you imagine how hungry he was? 
So this is the point I want to drive home tonight. And I want you to really catch this. He said, He answered him and he said, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. He was tempted in this situation to command something that wasn't the will of God. He was tempted 40 days of not eating, being told, if you're really the Son of God, he knew he was, trying to get him to doubt that he was the Son of God. If you're really the Son of God, man, you can make this bread turn in, this, these stones turn into bread, and you can take care of your hunger issue. But you remember at the beginning of the chapter right here in verse 1, He was led by the Spirit. Amen? When you're led by the Spirit, you don't bind and loose and command things to happen that are not the will of God. You know why? If he'd have commanded that bread, those stones to become bread, you know what he'd have gotten? Nothing. And a huge disappointment, not seeing it come to pass. You and I have to take that analogy right there and apply it to our lives every day. You find yourself binding and loosing and saying and doing, not being led by the Spirit of God, you're going to get results that don't produce. He said, man shall not live by bread alone or anything else, but by every word of God. He declared the word. He said there were two more things that he tempted him with at the end of this 40 days. He answered him with the word on every one of those. And instantaneously, his earthly ministry begins by him doing what the Father said. And he, and he said time and time again through scriptures, I came here not to do my will, but to do the will of the one that sent me. I only do those things that I hear from my Father. I only say those things that Father says to say. So not one time in Scripture, in the Gospel accounts mainly, that we see the things that Jesus said. Not one time did He say something that didn't happen. And I mean, there were times when He did really strange things. Spit in the dirt. I mean, he had to hawk a big loogie, you know, to get the dirt to turn into mud, to get the mud in the girl's eyes, the, the woman's eyes. He did some really strange things. But he didn't command that bread, those stones, to become bread. He was tempted to, and you know he was hungry. We know he was, he was all God, but he was all man. Lived in a physical body, just like you and I. Tempted with hunger, pains, and temptations like that. Wanting to give in to those kind of things. The analogy here is no matter what we're tempted with, 
God has the way out, and the way out is through his word. The way out is through his word. That landing place is not God coming down with his two hands, pulling you out of a situation. His landing place is the knowing and the confidence of who he is on the inside of you and who he is coming out of your mouth. And the declarations that you make like he made will see those things come to pass the exact same way they did with him. Some of you say, well, you know, Jesus didn't, didn't deal with all the things that we deal with. <laughs> I've heard people say that. I'm thinking, whoa, you, you've never read the Bible. He dealt with it all. He went through everything that you and I would ever experience in life so that we would have a way out of everything that we face. Every trial, every temptation, every difficult day, every hard situation that we face, every frustrating day, days when you feel like you just want to quit, you want to give up. Everybody somewhere down the road in some situation has those types of feelings. But what do we just read in 1 Corinthians 10, 13? That's common to man. So if you've ever felt like giving up, so has everybody else sometime in the world. Sometime in the history of the world, people want to quit, they want to give up, they're frustrated. I'm talking about, that doesn't mean that you're so beat up and so down that you, have, you, you feel like you want to give up. I'm talking about the thoughts of it. Being frustrated about something. Walking through something and not seeing it, not seeing yourself through it, you know, in a, in, a, in a quick enough period of time, not seeing the results that you're wanting to see, feeling like God is late. Ah, you know, why, why, why am I even doing this? Having those kind of thoughts. You don't have to put that to words, but the more you put those kind of things to words, the worse they get. The more you start believing it. The more you start giving into it. We don't have to do that. Why? Because of the authority that we've been given. We've been given authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy. Every temptation, every lie, every assault, every, every scheme and trick that he has to try to trip you up, we've been given authority over those things. And he said nothing would by any means hurt you or harm you if you embrace the authority that I've given you. The authority that I know that I have shuts unbelief down. Human unbelief cannot change the Word of God. The Word of God stays true. And if I stay connected to the Word of God and I stay true to the Word of God, I get the results that the Word of God produces. That's the life God created for you and I to live. As I laid my hands on Alyssa earlier, as I laid my hands on her, I did that of obedience to God. It, and, and it's not, I'm, I'm making a point, it's not, it's not the laying on of hands that matters, it's what you see yourself doing. What we want more than anything is to be on the receiving end of what God says is true. It's more vital for you to believe the things that I'm teaching tonight than it is for you to have somebody lay their hands on you. I'm going to say it again. It's more vital for you to receive these kind of things from the Word of God than it is having somebody lay hands on you. 
You can be one word from God that becomes revelation to you, will heal your body, deliver you of financial issues, deliver you from torment or fear or the lack of peace or anything else in life. One word from God can deliver you because it's in the seed of the word that is our deliverance in every area, in everything that we face. I don't care what it is. That's why he's saying there's no temptation, no trial, no test, nothing that comes against you. That He's not already prepared the way for you. He's already made the way for you. And that way is through his word. So tonight, embrace it. It's yours in every way. You may be up on cloud nine today. Because of just good things that are happening in your life. Good. Be there. Enjoy it. But still know his word. Amen? Still stay the same all the time, even when things are good. You may be going through some valley and some difficult time. It doesn't seem like there's any way. God's already made that way. And the key to you embracing that way is believing in the authority that he gave you. And it's the authority of his word that will change you and take you from here to here because, remember, we're on the journey. You may be right now being led by the Spirit of God and you're, you're up here. You may be led by the Spirit of God and you're right here. You may be being led by the Spirit of God right now, but we're on a journey and we don't camp out in any of those things. We go through them and get stronger and better. You realize how important it is to be victorious and, and see victory and things happen and you stay the same and not be moved by the victories. That you still trust the word of God. You're not, let, let, let's just say you had a financial issue in your life. God saw you through that financial issue. And you came out on the other side and now you're excited and built up and all of a sudden you just kind of drift away from the word. Well, I don't need it anymore because I got out of this difficult situation. No, 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 no. It's so important that we know who we are going through the good times, the times that don't seem so good, because everything in God is good. It's all good. And enjoy the good times when you get goosebumps and things feel good and stuff around you is all right and all that. Enjoy those times. That's great. But you can enjoy God in the midst of anything else you're going through because you're on a journey through it. Did he lead, did he lead Jesus out in the wilderness? Well, Jesus, is pretty tough. I don't know if we're going to be able to handle this. You need to set up a tent, build a house out here, you know, on Oh Me Alley. No. He was led by the Spirit of God into the wilderness, through the wilderness, to the other side, all the way to the cross, delivering mankind. Can you say amen? Isn't that interesting that it was at the beginning of his earthly ministry that he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness? You know what? You know what? You know what kept the children of Israel, which are a type and shadow of that? You know what kept the children of Israel out of Egypt? They couldn't handle the threats of the wilderness. Man, the giants. The this, the that, how bad everything is. They couldn't handle just the threats of the wilderness. God that led them out to lead them in... And they stayed out there for 40 stinking years. God doesn't want that to happen to you and I. What kept them out? Hebrews tells us. Unbelief. Not believing that what God had promised, he was able to perform. 
And he told them, he didn't send them, he didn't send the spies into the promised land to go find out if they could take it or not. He sent the spies to the promised land, read it, to show them what was theirs. He's showing us every day what's ours. Healing is yours. Deliverance is yours. Blessing and prosperity is yours. Peace of mind is yours. The joy of the Lord is yours. Amen? Sweet sleep at night is yours. I mean, every promise is 600 plus promises in the Word of God. More than 600 promises in God's Word. They're ours. They're ours. Endless, actually. Because even things that are not even written are ours if it's good and it's come from God. God has blessed us. He's positioned us. And there's no day like today to be on the receiving end of all God has for us. Can you say amen to